0: Friends, before we begin, let me invite you to keep up with all the Tracks for the Journey resources by subscribing to the Tracks Express newsletter. Once a week, I send a wide range of helps for well-being directly to your inbox. The Express has inspiration and insights for spirituality, relationships, ecology, emotional health, and yes, recipes for good food. The easiest way to subscribe is on my website, www.tracks.com. TracksFortheJourney.com. Thanks for listening today. Anger can come to us suddenly. I was furious one day as I led a meeting at the church where I was pastoring. The leaders had been discussing the purchase of a van one of them accused me of diverting money from one account to the other without informing the church it was a direct attack on my integrity i bit my tongue until the meeting was over then exploded to a friend about it my face he said was as red as my hair my voice was raised and my heart rate climbed with this unjust treatment i felt threatened and i wanted to let that guy have it I was angry. Have you ever been in that kind of place? Well, of course you have, if you're human. Anger happens to us all. I'm Larry Payne, your host for Tracks for the Journey, the podcast exploring spirituality, psychology, and history to build your well-being. Anger happens to everybody. Of course it does. And sometimes we manage it and other times it becomes catastrophic. In our episode today, let's explore anger and some healthy ways to handle it. We're not the first generation to study and try to manage our anger. The ancient world believed in a pantheon of gods who held the essence of anger. For the Celts, it was Balor, the god of the evil eye. For the Aztecs, it was Huitzilopochtli, who demanded human sacrifice. For the Norse, it was Thor and his hammer. For the Hindus, it was Kali, the dark mother of destruction. For the Greeks and Romans, it was Ares, the violent, and Lisa, the goddess of rage. For Jews and Christians, it was kima, the Hebrew word meaning the wrath of God, that may come against sinners. In all of these, the human emotion of anger is projected to the deity and raised to the nth degree. Maybe that gave us humans a convenient excuse for our own anger and violence. As the comedian said years ago, the devil made me do it. Turning to today's psychology, human anger is a complex emotion. Anger has physical components, like I described in my story a moment ago. Anger has even more mental components when we interpret what is happening around us. Our brain is appraising not only what is happening, but also the meaning of what is happening. If I'm driving and hear a loud honk, my body automatically goes on alert. A millisecond later, I look for the meaning. Is a friend behind me and warning me my tire is almost flat? Or is it an idiot who thinks I'm why he's going to be late? I'm trying to answer the why behind the honking so I can choose my behavior. Further, my own values are important in this interpretation. If I'm alone in the car, I might shout some choice words at that idiot. But if my five-year-old granddaughter is present, probably not. Anger is more complex than we might think. Psychologist Brene Brown alerts us to the reality that anger can also be the top dressing for other experiences. Sometimes anger covers our shame as we feel messed up and broken or it may be a reaction to being rejected and dismissed. Anger can grow out of an injustice done to us by a person of power. Once again, the search for meaning about what is happening is vital to the anger process. What does the world of faith have to say about anger? We could look at the life of Jesus to find a story about anger. No, I'm not talking about turning the tables of the money changers over in the temple. All of us remember that story and feel like it might be anger. But in reality, it was a calculated political demonstration to shame the corrupt religion of the day. The anger I have in mind is at the tomb of Lazarus, one of his best friends. The narrator uses a strong word to describe the emotion of Jesus as he grieved this loss. It is the word most commonly translated anger. That's right. Jesus was furious, trembling with fury, at the injustice of death that stole the life of his friend. Does that surprise you? That a holy man would be angry? It shouldn't. Centuries before Jesus, the prophet Amos preached that God's wrath was triggered by the Hebrews oppressing the poor. This was not irrational rage or capricious revenge by God, but a warning that evil behavior will lead to tragedy for the perpetrator. Honestly, sometimes it is unholy to not be angry. For love cannot turn a blind eye to injustice and hate, bigotry and violence that shatters the beauty of this world. To numb ourselves to these dark forces is to damage the soul of our own humanity. In the same way, the God whom we know is in loving relationship with all creatures of the universe feels righteous anger when evil is perpetrated on living beings. Now the revelation of the love of God in Jesus did bring a new understanding to the depths of God. Jesus is always the lens through which we have the clearest revelation of God. Jesus highlighted love as the essential quality of God's nature. The apostles continued that as they taught that, quote, God is love, end quote. No quality or attribute is above this core essence. I like the way progressive theologians use this insight to look again at the old concept of the wrath of God. The Bible is full of references about the wrath of God. The traditional idea is that God was angry and threw thunderbolts of disaster against people who sinned. But since Jesus taught that love is the essence of God, I believe the idea of wrath is best understood as an expression of the consequences which unfold when people resist the paths of love and peace. God is always at work drawing us to love, to shalom, to well-being, and to harmony. But humans have choices in responding to that non-controlling, non-coercive spirit. We're in tune With Jesus, when we think of God's wrath, not as God spanking a disobedient child, but that the disobedient child hurts himself through bad behaviors. As we think more about anger, we must look at the context of the world around us, And it's tragic that our society has given us bad models that connect anger with violence. Countless TV shows and movies show violence as an acceptable way to express our anger. When someone hurts the hero, he will hurt them back as an act of revenge. Do any of you remember the movie Carrie? It came out in 1976 and is one of the best or worst revenge films ever made. You know the story. A bullied girl with telekinetic powers takes revenge by burning down the school during the prom to burn up her tormentors and then murders her deranged mother. Now, I never have any desire to see horror movies, so I never saw it. But I do know that the hero taking revenge is a common factor in all of entertainment. And unfortunately... Nearly 50 years later, the headlines are all about bullied kids with AR-15 assault rifles murdering children at schools. And that's no fiction at all. Now this pattern of anger and revenge is as old as the human race, of course. The Bible has its own version of the story of Cain and Abel as jealous Cain murders his own brother. Maybe we aren't surprised that modern research has shown that taking violent actions can actually feel good for a little while. A shot of positive neurochemicals that elevate our mood and give us a sense of power. But the consequences over time are deeply problematic. The schoolyard bully gets suspended. Or the man who assaults his wife is divorced and jailed. Or the mass murderer is killed by the SWAT team. Though violence is not a simple cause and effect from anger always, finding a way to deal with anger will lower the cycles of violence that afflict our nation. I have a special offer for listeners today, and I thank you so much for listening. I want you to have excerpts from my book, Journey to Friendship. It's a memoir of America in 1976 and the beginning of my ministry. It's a lighthearted book of newlywed adventures, careers being established, and family being launched. And it has a few insights into the work of God. I think you'll be inspired and laugh a little bit too. Now, you can get a copy by making a small donation to this Tracks for the Journey podcast. It's easy to do at the website buymeacoffee.com. When you do that, I'll send a PDF of excerpts that I think you'll enjoy. Again, go to buymeacoffee.com slash Larry Payne, register, and I'll send you the excerpt. Or you can follow the link on the Tracks for the Journey website. I invite you to support the podcast today so that we can expand our listener base and bring more insight for well-being to our listeners. Returning to our discussion of anger, I want to ask a question. Could anger ever be a positive emotion? Well, the answer is yes. Counselor Moshe Ratson lists many things that anger can accomplish which are good. For instance, anger is energy to protect ourselves from physical or emotional harm so we can survive threats. We might stand up to the bully on the playground or The injustice of voter suppression laws might cause us to call our congressmen. Anger also brings communication about our self-worth and values. That communication may be to the person who is a threat, or it could be to others who might become allies in our struggle for justice. We also see that anger provides insight about our deeper self. When an offhand comment triggers a rush of anger out of proportion to the event, it's important to ask ourselves, what was that all about? And gain insight. Ratson also says anger can push us toward our goals and toward success when we're faced with obstacles. Michelle Obama has written about the school counselor who listened to her desire to attend Princeton University. She was a class leader in high school with her high grades, very involved in leading the class. Her brother attended Princeton, but the counselor said to her, I'm not sure you're Princeton material. She was stunned. She was hurt, and she was angry. The derogatory remark energized her to work harder to achieve that very goal. A few months later, she was indeed admitted to Princeton, excelled in her studies, graduated from Harvard Law School, and became a world changer as First Lady. Yes, anger can have some positive results if we can only learn to manage it. Anger is complex, I will admit that, and we can't ignore it because it's part of our basic nature. So what do we do with anger? Psychologists say the emotion must be regulated. Theologians say that we must put off the old way of living and put on a new way of living based in faith. We've learned that our all emotions are more than a feeling. They're interpretations of an event and our physical response and behavior to what we do. When we're interpreting and finding the proper meaning, we can then make choices about our behavior that helps us and helps others in the situation. This is what's known as managing or regulating our anger. The Bible says, be angry, but sin not. Dr. Mark Brackett suggests three ways that we can learn to manage and regulate our anger in order to achieve constructive results. How do we regulate our anger? Well, each situation is different. But Dr. Brackett suggests some ideas. First, we might shift our attention away from the source of that anger. Maybe we leave the room to get away from the person who's provoked it. Or we might put on some music that we like as our minds try to process the frustration or irritation that we feel. Our minds are a little like a radio which can only tune to one station at a time. So you can choose a channel that distracts from whatever is provoking you, like that idiot laying on his horn behind you. Sometimes it's okay just to shrug your shoulders and decide you don't want to engage in that kind of episode right now. We can decide the fight is not worth the gain we might achieve and just simply shift our attention away. Second, we could reframe our thoughts about what's happening. This may require some creativity in seeking an alternative to what immediately comes to mind. Could the guy behind you who's honking be rushing his pregnant wife to the emergency room? Or could your wife's nagging that you call an electrician rather than open the breaker box just be loving concern that you won't electrocute yourself? Yes, what we think about the situation, what we decide is its meaning and interpretation, does make all the difference. At the tomb of Lazarus, the story continues with Jesus turning the moment in a different way. He reframed the event, calmed his emotion with the new perspective as the great teacher of faith. He taught the people standing around about the work of God in giving life, then and in the future to come. He calls loudly, a command of faith in Lazarus, presumed to be dead, emerges from the darkness of the tomb, a sign of the life-giving work of God. The emotion of anger, reframed, became an opportunity to give life. And that's what we need too. So regulating our anger can happen with one more strategy and it may be the best one for most situations, it is to pause after the arousal. Take a break in that moment, and that can change everything for the better. It gives our brain the moment needed to take our finger off the emotional trigger and allow the cognitive gears to start cranking. In the moments that we pause before speaking or acting, Brackets suggest we ask, what would my best self do right now? Through this, we get in touch with our values, and we move forward to a better outcome. With the guy blowing his horn, we pause, take a breath, and decide to change lanes to let him pass. A couple of minutes later, we've forgotten all about it. We arrive safely, and we enjoy a kiss from the spouse at home. That's so much better, right? Right? Honestly, anger is going to be with us as long as we live. Regulating it, learning to manage it, is the key to better well-being. We can divert or channel the anger for constructive actions when interpreting the meaning of what is happening is what we choose to do. This enables us to make good choices that lead away from violence and escalating conflict. Your anger can indeed be healthy. Thank you for sharing this episode of Tracks for the Journey. Take a moment to rate and review on the podcast provider that you've used, and that will help me spread the message. And I invite you to find more information and resources at tracksforthejourney.com. Or you can find the Facebook page of the same name and share your ideas and feedback. Tracks for the Journey is produced at the Bright Star Studio, all rights reserved, Hosting is by Buzzsprout.com, music is from Pixabay.com, and I invite you to keep exploring on your journey to well-being.